I, so. I thought of an alternative name for this podcast. Oh, what is it? Kinky Facts. Oh. Kinky, like F-A-Q. Yeah. Oh. Huh. Kinky Fackers. Kinky Fackers. Oh, for all our kids. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I, think, I think that's it. I think that's oh, it. Oh, that's a pretty we good can, one. We can yeah. say to all of our Kinky Fackers, here's our next yeah. episode. Yeah, oh, I like it. Oh, that's a good one. All right, so future Jake, edit this part out. Yeah. No, um, I'm going to edit. I'm, I think I'm going <laughs> to stick this part at the beginning of the podcast. Because okay, so a lot of the podcasts I listen to, they'll start out with like natural breezy conversation, and then they'll be like, "Oh, microphone, I didn't see you there. You just walked <laughs> in on a natural conversation between friends." So, um, we'll do whatever you're gonna do. I trust you with it. Okay. So, um, we'll see if that's wise. We will see. You ready? Mm-hmm. In this podcast, we're going to try to take you through the basics of what is BDSM, uh, hopefully get you a little bit more information, and have you feeling a little bit more comfortable with dipping your toe into the waters of kink, fetish community, and BDSM. I'm Jake. I'm Ash. And we're going to try to guide you through your journey. So for this first episode, we thought we'd start out with the basics. What is BDSM? What is a kink? And what is a fetish? Because they are three different things that do not mean the same thing. Nope. And a lot of people like to use them interchangeably, and not everybody uses these words the same way, but we're going to give you some general guidelines about what means what. And I do want to throw this disclaimer out here. What we're telling you is our opinions, our experiences, and our knowledge. Please do not take this as the begin-all, end-all. This is not your Bible. You need to do further research. You need to talk to different people who have different experiences with the BDSM kink and fetish lifestyles and most importantly you need to actually go have experiences for yourself they're the best teacher but we are going to try to give you the tools you need to make sure that they are safe and fun Mm-hmm. absolutely no point if it's not fun that's right so let's dive right in all right so the way kink bdsm and fetish are organized and the way i've always had it explained to me is that a fetish is a particular thing that you're into for instance you might have a foot fetish, which is pretty common. Mm -hmm. That's very Um, common. Quentin Tarantino, famous foot fetishist. And if you rewatch his movies knowing that, you'll totally see it. Looks like I'm going to have to watch Django Unchained again. Yeah, I don't know if he plays it up particularly strong in that one. Yeah, he made that movie kind of after that news got out. Oh. So I think he toned it down a little bit, but maybe. Mm. Might still be in there. Mm. Or you like having your hair petted. And that can be a fetish. It can be a fetish. Okay, uh, anything. Pretty much anything can be a fetish. And a fetish isn't always necessarily sexual. That's usually the connotation it carries. A lot of people that you'll see out in the community, when they say they have a fetish, generally they'll mean it's a sexual thing. But not always. Not always. So for a personal example, one of my fetishes is knife play. And that is not a sexual thing for me. It doesn't turn me on. It feels really good for me. It puts me in a different headspace. But it is not a sexual thing for me. So that is how a fetish cannot be sexual. And for those who don't know what knife play is, that is scratching or very, very lightly cutting the skin of someone with the tip of a knife. And we'll get into the different, more common fetishes and kinks and everything in later episodes, but that's just an example that I have personally. BDSM is more of a lifestyle. It's more of a community, and it actually stands for a couple of different things. It stands for bondage and discipline, dominance and submission, sadism and masochism. 
and it refers to a wide spectrum of activities and forms of interpersonal relationships. BDSM is a subset of all of the possible fetishes. There, there's a lot of fetishes that fall under the BDSM umbrella, and that would be probably what you're familiar with through television or books, your whips, your chains. Mm-hmm. Even the Rihanna yeah. song, S&M. Yeah, like, S&M, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Um, but I will say, and I want to argue that point a little bit, I think anything can really be incorporated into the BDSM community. A lot of people wouldn't take my main fetish and my main kink and automatically associate it with BDSM. Sure. But we make it Um, work. I think of BDSM as kind of an overall flavor for any particular fetish you have. For instance, you know, you can spank someone and lean in and whisper in their ear, are you enjoying your spanking? And that would be a non- BDSM thing, in my opinion. Or you could pull their hair and say, you need more slut? And that would be kind of more of a a dominant way to approach communicating. I think it depends on the way that you are doing it, and I think it depends on the relationship you've had. Because I've had tops do that to me. I've had them spank me and then ask me, are you enjoying this? Mm -hmm. So I think it really depends on the definition that you personally are giving it. BDSM for me is definitely more of a communal thing. It's more of a lifestyle thing where I'm consistently going to gatherings with other people who are in Mm. the BDSM lifestyle, whether that's a party or a munch. And for those of you that don't know, a munch is a local gathering of people who are interested in the BDSM kink lifestyle. They take place all over. Usually, in my experience, they've been at like a mall or at a bar. Those are the two yeah. most common places, but I'm sure they could take place anywhere. Or kind of a low key restaurant. Yeah. Something like that. Anywhere that it's okay for a moderate to Amount large of group of people to hang out for a while is a good place for a munch. And we will tell you how to find munches in your area at a later time. So, kink. Kink is yeah, the one kink. that we are missing. All right. So, you take the sum total of all your fetishes. You know, I'm into this, I'm not into that, I'm curious about this, and I definitely don't want to try that. And you add them all together, and that is your own personal kink. That's how I've always had the uh, definition of kink described to me. It's, at the same time, very broad, and also unique to just you. And I use the term kink a little bit differently. I have what I call, like, my main kink, And that for me is something that I need to happen in every sexual experience in order to gain satisfaction from that experience. Mm -hmm. It's usually something that I like to happen in every encounter that I have BDSM wise and sexual wise. And for those of you that are curious, my main kink is being tickled. It's weird, but it's mine and I embrace it. Yeah, a lot of a lot of strong feelings surrounding tickling. It's a very love it or hate it thing. It is. Pretty much nobody feels meh about being tickled (laughs) that's very true it is very it's a polarizing Mm -hmm. hot topic of debate so there are within this whole umbrella of bdsm kink and fetishes there are three subsects i guess that i want to go into a little bit more and those are the differences between sex kink and a relationship So sex is when you have a sexual intimate relationship Mm -hmm. with another person. Yeah, that is touching the genitals or... Mm -hmm. I I mean, you could even define it a little bit more broadly than that. I tend not to just because generally in kink play, you're going to be touching people on the thighs and the butt and their chest. 
you don't have to, but it usually does happen because those are sensitive areas, and so they produce a lot of sensation. But everyone defines sex differently. When you talk to someone who you're trying to do a scene with, uh, make sure that you're on the same page about what that means. And again, for those of you that aren't familiar, we'll be defining terms as well, but um, a scene is basically just an encounter um, and an interaction where BDSM play takes place. Yeah. Yeah. So you have sex, which is where you are actually having sex with another person um, or engaging in sexual acts with another person. You have kink, Mm -hmm. which I hope you know what that is. Um, It is essentially um, fulfilling your fetishes and acting some of those out in a scene, which you now know what a scene is. And then you have a relationship. And a relationship is where you have a connection with a person that may or may not be sexual. It may just be platonic, but you have that connection with another person. Yeah. You're friends, you're dating, you're married, you have a DS dynamic, which is something we'll get into. It stands later for as well. dominant submissive. Mm-hmm. So in any form of relationship that you have, you can have all three. You can be having sex with somebody, you can be doing engaging in kink play with somebody, and you can have a relationship with somebody. You can also not have all those three apply. You should treat them as three separate domains. They are. A lot of times, especially, you know, if you haven't had much real life experience with kink, you will almost always see kink and sex melded together, which is totally an option. However, in the real world, when you go and get out into the community and you start seeing kink play firsthand, it's actually really rare to see kink play and sex coming together. Yeah. For a personal example, Jake and I have a relationship. We are friends. We're very good friends. Mm -hmm. We also engage in kink with each other. Yep. We do not engage in sex or intimacy with each other. So that is how the two um, work for us. But that's why we treat it as its own separate domain is because BDSM does not equal sex. BDSM does not equal intimacy. And it shouldn't. It's a separate thing. It can. It definitely can. And I would argue to say that 99.9% of the BDSM community is sex positive. Well, yeah. But it doesn't mean that it's always going to lead to sex and that a scene will need to in- incorporate sex because it doesn't. No, not not at all. A lot of people, myself included, see sex as a very, very intense personal connection. Um, for myself, it needs to involve me loving that person in a relationship way. And Kink doesn't. I like the people that I engage in kink with. I know them well. I have a friendship with them. But I do not always have to have a relationship in the romantic nature with them. And so it's nice that I get to kind of have my cake and eat it too, in a sense, Mm -hmm. because I can engage in sex with my partners that I choose to do that with. But I don't have to. It is not an obligation. Yeah. And uh, it's just really important to keep in your mind that kink and sex are not the same thing. You know, a lot of people will say, oh, yeah, I'm kinky, which just means that they like to incorporate kink into their sex. But out in uh, the actual fetish community, when people say they're kinky, that probably means they have no interest in having sex with you and just want you to flog them or engage in some other. Yeah, engage in some other kind of kink. So with that as well, if you are in a relationship and you are having sex, but your partner 
that you're having sex with and are in that romantic relationship with has no interest in kink, that's where it can also become separated because if you discover that you are kinky and you are wired that way and you need the outlet, it gives you kind of a chance to have the relationship, have the sex, but then you can also go out and engage in kink with people that are not mm-hmm. necessarily that partner that's not interested in it, that doesn't want to do it. You can go out and find people who are like-minded and who like similar things that you do. I it- mean, assuming you talk to your partner of course Um, don't i'm not recommending you go behind their back and just jump into this yeah and i i actually think that's a pretty good segue into uh what bdsm isn't okay yeah so i'm just gonna throw this out there i'm not gonna go on a rant i'm not gonna go on my soapbox because it really irritates me and i could i could talk about this for three hours 50 shades of gray is not bdsm and why is that Because it is an abusive relationship. And you can disagree with me and you can hate on me for saying this, but it is an abusive relationship. And the reason why it is an abusive relationship is because of the intense manipulation and disregard for Anastasia that Christian portrays. It is not a well-thought-out, mature, dominant-submissive dynamic. It's not even a it's not even a portrayal of a good master slave dynamic because Christian is not secure in what he wants. He does not know what he wants and it causes a lot of problems for Anastasia. And I will say one of the few positive things about Fifty Shades of Grey is that it did get more people interested in BDSM and figuring out what it was and it may have opened the door for it to be a little bit more okay to be kinky. So that is something positive that I guess Fifty Shades of Grey did for the community, but do not go into BDSM and kink and the fetish community expecting it to be like Fifty Shades of Grey. Because first of all, that is a terrifying relationship to have. And second of all, it is not realistic to what the community really is. And again, if if that is the kind of dynamic that you want, where somebody has complete control, where it's a master-slave dynamic, that's fine, but there are way, way better ways to do it than what's portrayed in Fifty Shades of Grey. So please keep that in mind, that Fifty Shades of Grey is a piece of fiction. It is not true. It is not... It's not a good template for how you should build your actual relationships. Thank you. Yeah. As far as just a, you know, just... A book, though. Take it or leave it. I haven't read it personally, um, but... You, you can take it or leave it. Yeah. Um, I've heard it's really fun, though, to imagine George Takai saying, oh my, when Anastasia does in the book, because she <laughs> says it quite frequently. <laughs> so I've heard that that's, that's pretty funny to do. Oh, and uh, yeah, I highly recommend the video of Gilbert Gottfried reading excerpts of Fifty Shades of Grey. Well, who can pass up that? I mean, yeah. good lord. That's uh, it's quite a... Uh, it's an experience. Yeah. Uh, watch it with headphones. Um, <laughs> and probably in private because you're going to yeah, feel. Yeah. Yeah. So that's part of what BDSM isn't. BDSM also is not pedophilia. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not a thing. It is not an excuse to be engaged in an abusive relationship and a manipulative relationship. And I want to point out that the difference between, because you can look at certain dynamics and you can say, holy crap, you know, that looks a little weird Mm -hmm. to me. But in the BDSM community, and I'm not saying that abusive relationships still do not happen in the BDSM community, because I'm sure they do. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's part of the importance of having the community aspect of the BDSM community. mm -hmm. And when we say community, we really mean it. Um, That's Mm -hmm. one of the aspects that shocked me uh, when I first started getting involved. I went to, I think, three munches 
And then on the fourth one, I tried to leave and I had to say goodbye to almost everybody there <laughs> because we'd talk so much it would feel weird, you know? I, I would feel like I was snubbing them saying goodbye to them just because that's how... You mean not saying goodbye to them? Yeah, yeah. I would feel... Yeah. Um, and just because that's how close we'd become in that kind of short amount of time. Yeah, and I mean, there still are manipulative relationships and bad relationships that happen in the BDSM community, absolutely. Yeah. But in other cases, and I'd, I'd like to think in the majority of cases, if you have a master-slave dynamic, if you have a dominant-submissive dynamic, that there are safe words, there are ways that you can mm-hmm. leave that relationship without any ramifications. Mm-hmm. And I think, well, consent is the is the biggest part between abuse and not abuse. Exactly. And that is the perfect segue into hurting versus harming. So yep. you want to take it there? Hurting versus harming, it is all about context. The, the only real difference between hurting someone and harming them is consent. And what I mean when I say hurting versus harming, you can spank someone and that causes them physical pain. But do they like that pain? That's where you get the difference between hurting, which is when, yeah, they like that physical pain. They agreed to it. They're down with it. They're enjoying it. It's making them feel good in some way. Or you could apply the exact same SWAT and spank spank someone else the exact same way, and you would be harming them because it's making them feel scared and degraded and uncomfortable violated and that would be someone who did not consent to a spanking or had revoked consent to that spanking and expressed revoking that consent the other part that i want to bring up between hurting versus harming is you know if you have somebody that is doing impact play where you are being hit with something whether that's a bare hand or a crop or a paddle or what have you and they push that line from, okay, I can handle this pain, I can handle this pain, to, oh my god, you hit me in the wrong spot, Mm -hmm. and this really, really hurts, and not in a fun way, that would also be crossing the line for me between hurting and harming. Yeah. And, again, this gets back into consent. Uh, In a BDSM scene, uh, there will be a way for every involved party to communicate with each other and put a stop to what's happening immediately if they need to. And there's also, or there should be, before any scene, um, a negotiation. And a negotiation, we will get into this way more in depth in a later episode, but a negotiation is basically just, here's what I want, here's what I don't, this is where you can touch me, this is where you can't touch me. It basically just goes over the specificity of the scene and what's going to happen in that scene. Yeah, what can and can't happen while two people do kink together. And that's, I think, the biggest reason people call it a scene is because saying something like doing kink sounds a little awkward. Yes, it does. Yeah. Um, I want to touch on the the fear aspect a little bit, and I mm-hmm. want to touch on the anxiety of finding out that you fall outside, quote-unquote, the norm within mm-hmm. your sexuality. Because it can be very hard, it can be very challenging, And it can be really scary to figure out that you have a different sexuality than, say, your neighbor Bob or your coworker Susie or anybody. A lot of my friends don't know that I'm kinky, and that's my choice not to tell them. I have certain people that I will tell, and I have certain people that I absolutely don't because it's none of their business. So when you find out that 
you are kinky or that your sexuality falls outside the quote-unquote norm. Um, So, for example, I'm also bisexual, and I went through a lot of the same process admitting to myself and finding out that I was bisexual as I did when I realized that I really enjoyed kink. There's an element of shame that I think we experience and it's not a necessary shame. It's not needed. No, no, not at all. It's just... And it's I not think it's, warranted. It, it really isn't because, first of all, it's what you like. It's what's making you happy. And if it's not hurting anybody, or I should say, well, if, it's yeah. not if it's not harming anybody. Um, if, if it's, it's not, not harming anybody. If it's not hurting anybody, it might not be interesting. <laughs> if it's not harming anybody, and if it's making you happy. And your partner and, or partners. Yeah then why does it matter what anybody else thinks? And you have to be good with it. You have to accept it before anybody else can. Yep. And there is a certain element of of shame that comes with um, finding out that you're kinky or that you're quote-unquote not normal. Oh, absolutely. But that's not really the case because if you go to a munch, if you get involved in the community at all, you will realize that there are a lot of people who are into what you're into. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of why the community aspect is so important for me, at least, is because I don't feel like an outcast. I don't feel like I'm a freak when I am with all these other people who like it just as much, or if not more, than I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you're not alone, I guess is what I want to say. You are not alone. There are resources for you. There are There is a community for you. You just have to be willing to find it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, taking that first step, going out to a munch or a meetup or whatever you want to call it, but just find your people, find your tribe. That's the biggest, hardest, and most important step, I yeah. would say. That's been my I, experience, at least. I think that applies to life, not just kink. I think that applies yeah. to life is finding your people. Yeah, I suppose um, so. One of the ways, so I'm, I'm going to give you a couple resources, and these are just from my own personal experience. We're not being endorsed by any of these websites. Um, we don't have any affiliation with these websites. No, we but, are two people sitting on the floor of an apartment. Yep. Um, That's where we're at. So Why are we making this podcast, Ash? What happened to us? How did we get here? <laughs> well, um, we had been... So I will answer that question in just a minute. Okay. But first I want to say, so if you are really anxious about going and meeting live people and having to interact with live people, um, Tumblr has a really great kink BDSM community on it. You can find a lot of different things on there. Um, and then there's a website called FetLife, and that is essentially Facebook for kinky people. Yep. I will warn you that in my personal experience, I've had a lot of people try and use it as a hookup site, which is not what it's intended to be. But um, Correct. But you can, you can gain a lot of information um, from FetLife, and that's how you will find local munches. That's how you find local events. That's how you start to find your people. Mm-hmm. That's how I found mine. That's how I got kind of involved with the whole thing. But anyway, to answer Jake's question, which is why are we making this podcast? We that, had, oh, just before we start on that, yeah. that website is FetLife, F-E-T-L-I-F-E dot com. Thank you, Jake. Yeah. Um, we had been talking about possibly doing a podcast about it for a little bit, but I think what really pushed us over into, okay, yes, we need to do this. Yeah. We were at a 
what's called a play party, which is essentially a kink BDSM event where mm-hmm. scenes happen. And, Th- that is um, what you would think of a BDSM meetup being, is a play party, where there are naked people and whips and leather and all kinds of fun and interesting things going on. Very different from Munch, which is just a bunch of people hanging out. Yes. So a Munch is a group of like-minded people in the BDSM kinky community gathering at a bar, a restaurant, um, a mall, and just having an honest, open discussion, making friends, meeting people, getting educated. A play party is where the play actually happens, where there's... The, the floggers, the crops, the the furniture, the loud music, the naked mm-hmm. people, all it, that. Just to really drive the point home, if you walked by a munch and you didn't know it was a munch, You'd you would never, never know. know it was a munch. If you walked by a play party, you would call the police. <laughs> yes, that I think that's that's a good yeah good way to separate the two. But anyway, Jake and I were at a smaller play party. It was at somebody's house and. This was more of an educational play party. We had a lot of new people in our community. Yeah, yeah, we had a lot of new people. And before the play party, we Jake and I had talked to a couple of our, our newbies, our, our friends that were very new to the community, and we were talking about a negotiation, and they didn't know what a negotiation was. To remind you guys, negotiation is figuring out what the scene is going to look like, what's allowed, what isn't. And I offered to do a practice negotiation with Jake and myself and let them watch. Normally negotiations are done in private because it's a private thing. Yeah. And so we, we talked to three people. There was only supposed to be three people. We were going to just tuck away in a little corner and do it. Mm-hmm. And word kind of got out at the party that we were doing that. And we ended up with like 12, 15. 12, yeah. Somewhere between somewhere 12 and 15 people that who wanted to watch all this. All wanted to watch this. And we realized that, there was a need for it, at least in our mm-hmm. area. There was a need for an instruction, and there was a need for a guide. There really was. Yeah. There was a need for a guide. And again, we're not perfect By or any anything. Means. Good lord. But I don't know. We've been doing this for a little while. Jake's pretty new into it. I've yeah. been on Fat Life for about four years, I want to say, and then. I've been heavily involved in kink BDSM for, oh, almost two years. In October, it'll be about two years. And I, I guess the main the main goal that we're trying to achieve here is to just give you the information and the confidence and maybe answer some of those questions that were preventing you from taking that first step. Sometimes questions, like asking questions can be scary. And especially when it comes to quote unquote sex stuff, it can be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It can be a little scary. And especially if you're trying to come to terms with what all this means for yourself. So this way you don't have to ask the questions, but we're going to answer them for you. Because the episodes that we'll be doing um, address very common questions that we get a lot. Mm -hmm. And so if you do have questions, if you're not sure who to ask keep listening because we will answer those questions for you yeah we have this we have the first few episodes of our podcast set up with the natural progression into the bdsm community in mind so this first episode what is bdsm uh hopefully we're answering that question for you our next one what is our next one our next one will be um a basic glossary 
of BDSM terms, so like a play party, like a scene, we're going to go into more of that and give you more in-depth definitions because it's a lot. And yeah. essentially we're approaching this podcast like we would approach a new person that's coming to our local munch. These are usually where the questions go. You yep. start out with what is this to what do I need to know? What are the terms? I usually find myself explaining terms pretty early on and then it goes from there. It's a it's a natural progression. I, so. I thought of an alternative name for this podcast. Oh, what is it? Kinky Facts. Oh. Kinky, like F-A-Q. Oh, huh. Kinky Fackers. Kinky Fackers. Oh, for all our... Oh, I love it. I think, I think that's it. I think that's oh, it. that's a we can, one. We can yeah. say to all of our Kinky Fackers, here's our yeah. next episode. Yeah, oh, I like it. Oh, that's a good one. All right, so future Jake, edit this part out. Yeah. No, um, I'm going to edit... I'm, I think I'm going to stick this part at the beginning of the podcast. Because, okay, so a lot of the podcasts I listen to, they'll start out with, like, natural, breezy conversation, and then they'll be like, oh, microphone, I didn't see you there. You just walked (laughs) in on a natural conversation between friends. So, um, we'll do whatever you're going to do. I trust you with it. Okay. So, um. We'll see if that's wise. We will see. So, yes, we understand that this can be intimidating and it can be scary, but you are taking a great first step in learning more about it. And even if you find that you might be interested in something, but you're not fully interested in going into the BDSM community, that's okay. The biggest thing is that you are exploring, you are learning, and you are finding out more about yourself. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, the only person that's really going to be able to help you through this journey is you. And I know that sounds like super daunting and scary and like there's a lot of pressure but there's not it's a lot easier than you think it's a lot less awkward and it's a lot more fun a lot more fun and one of my biggest pieces of advice is when you are talking about this use a little bit of humor understand Mm -hmm. that it may be awkward but if you can make it kind of funny you know, it's it's a lot easier to talk about, and we will be approaching some sensitive topics with humor. Mm-hmm. Um, just for yeah. future reference, I frequently joke about mental illness because I have mental illness, and so that's the way that I approach it. If this offends you, it, that's not my intent, but that's just the way that I handle it because that's the way I handle things that are a little bit uncomfortable. I joke mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, I'd handle that in a similar way. This is not the this is not the podcast to listen to if you are easily offended, I feel, or if you do not approach serious topics with humor. Yeah, just in your kinking life, things are going to go wrong, you know, not like horrendously life alteringly so. But sometimes you're just not going to be able to tie that knot right to save your life. Sometimes you'll be in a different headspace, or you're not able to get into the right headspace, and that's okay. We'll talk about headspace later, too. Um, Nothing in life is perfect, but if you can approach it with humor and the Mm -hmm. understanding that this may or may not work, we're going to try it and see what we think. After all the safety precautions have been taken, of course. Then... It makes it easier when things don't go the way that you thought they would. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's a great thing that things don't go the way that you thought they would. Sometimes they turn out better. Sometimes stuff just happens. You know, you're doing a really intense spanking scene and then somebody farts. (laughs) Oh my god, has that happened to you? No, it hasn't. (laughs) Oh, 
Oh God! But I, I mean, that would be that would be an interesting. I mean, thing inopportune to farts have definitely happened to me. I think they happen to everybody. Yeah, at yeah, some exactly. Point in their life. Like, so that's that's yeah, what we're talking about. These things, when, these things just happen. That's what we're talking about when when he says something's gonna go wrong. He means in that capacity, not yeah. like you're gonna be bleeding on the floor with a concussion. Yeah, that's that's not what we're talking about. We are going to do our best to help you avoid situations like that. Yes. That's not fun for anybody. It's expensive and it's messy. Let's try and avoid that. So Jake had asked me to talk about kind of how I first got into kink and my personal experience with it. And so that's what I'm going to talk about a little bit right now. So as I said before, my main kink is being tickled. So yes, being tickled is sexual for me. It does turn me on. Um, And I need it to happen to get any kind of sexual gratification. And that's kind of when I learned that I had a weird fetish. Mm-hmm. And I had a very good friend who kind of introduced me to all this. She told me about the munches, which I completely misunderstood. I still remember, I feel really embarrassed about it now, but I still remember calling them like sex meetings or something like <laughs> that. Um, and that was just out of ignorance and I was just teasing her about it. But now knowing what they are, I feel stupid yeah. saying that. But I, uh, Let's see. I call them my weird stuff meetups. Your weird stuff meetups? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, so... That was kind of where it stayed for a while is she got me on FetLife and that's where I stayed for a little bit. Um, I didn't really go to many munches. She introduced me to a couple of people and I went to a couple of meetings in her area because she lived about 30 minutes away from me at the time. And then I started getting a little bit more into it. I had some health issues that were preventing me from really kind of diving headfirst in like I really wanted to. And uh, after I got those health issues more under control, um, I was able to get more into the kink scene and the BDSM scene. And I started getting more into it. And I eventually messaged somebody about two hours away from me because they were having a huge play party blowout type thing. And they said that I was welcome to come. And so I went with my friend and my husband and I met people there and it just kind of evolved from there. I got introduced to a lot of things and I'm still learning what I like and what I don't like. I'm still, I don't think that BDSM kink fetish is ever really done. You're never done with your journey. You're always going to explore a little bit more Mm. and figure out okay, this is how far I can go, or I don't like this, or, oh my god, I really like this, and I didn't yeah. expect to. Be willing to surprise yourself. Be open it's to... a great piece of advice. You you really need to... Or, well, I'm not going to say you need to embrace it, but if you do embrace it, you're going to have a very good time. One of the magical things about kink, in my opinion, is that you'll get such a strong response out of some kind of action or sensation or something like that, that the feelings of shame or guilt or, oh my god, this this is dirty, I shouldn't be doing this, are just completely drowned out. And you're able to totally exist just within that moment and just enjoy what's happening. So if you ever feel yourself being swept up by one of those moments in at some point along your kinky journey... Just be in it. Enjoy it. Mm-hmm. That's happened to me very often in my personal journey. And um, it's a little scary at first. Uh, at least it was for me because I tend to be a control freak a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I like to have control of myself. And I occasionally will just feel that kind of going away. And the the control, the type A personality, I guess, for lack of a better <laughs> term, settles down a little bit. 
And uh, so it can be a little bit scary, but if you let it happen and if you go with it, um, obviously you have to be comfortable with what's happening. Yeah. You have to be okay with it. But And this is all constrained within the confines of consent between you and your partner. Absolutely. If your partner's doing something to you, and I, we mean partner in whoever oh. you're engaging in play yeah, with. Whoever. We're not meaning romantic partner. No, not your um, spouse. It can or... be, but it doesn't always have to be like we discussed Partner literally just means the person with you who's engaging in whatever activity, play. Um, The person with whom you are doing a scene. Yes. So if you are finding that they're doing something and you really like it, sometimes that discovery of, oh, God, I really like this, it'll Mm -hmm. freak you out a little bit. But if you just kind of ride it through, ride that, that freak out through a little bit, you'll start to really, really enjoy it and it can be, in a sense, life-changing a little bit for you. Because mm-hmm. um, you're finding out more about yourself. You're finding out more about who you are as a person, who you are in relationship to the universe, and so yeah. or whatever you personally believe in. So by finding that, I think it's always a good thing when you find out more about yourself. That's a big part of why kinky people are kinky. You know, the you think about it maybe coming from a standpoint that's never experienced it and you think oh my god you know getting tied up and whipped why would anybody want to do that and the answer is because they fucking love it Mm -hmm. they are having a great time and it feels really nice to them and we do have a saying as well in the community and it is my kink is not your kink and that's okay and on this podcast we will not kink shame nope that is not a thing as long as it's consensual yeah absolutely and we will not look down on any kinks in this podcast. There will be some that I personally disagree with on an ethical standpoint, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to look down on that because it's not my it's not my place. It's not my place to judge. It's not anybody's place to judge my kinks. It's not my place to judge anybody's kinks as long as they're consensual and not harming anybody. Yep. Yep. Hurting is fine. Harming is not. <laughs> Big important difference. There is. So, so how did you get into kink, Jake? I don't think I've heard your story, oh, actually. Yeah. I don't think um, you've ever told me. We just... So Jake and I met at a munch, and we got introduced. He was sitting a couple seats down from me, and I started yeah. making faces at him because I'm random, and I will do things like that. Yeah, well, the people sitting next to you were talking about beer, which for some reason bores you. It bores the bejesus out of me. Yeah. And I was enjoying that conversation, and this fucking rude stranger just starts making weird faces at me. (laughs) For those at home, I'm joking. And, uh, yeah, we just started making weird faces back and forth to each other for, like, a half hour. Well, the... It it was a long time, a weirdly long time to make funny faces... For two adults to make funny faces at each other. It was, but I feel I was forced to do that because I could either pull out my phone, which would have been rude, or I could have made faces at Jake for a half an hour while an agonizing discussion of beer brewing was going on. I love... The art of brewing. You've got Jake. I appreciate the art. I just don't want to hear about it. I want to hear all about it. For me, it is like listening to Ben Stein talk. And they really could have just been saying Bueller, Bueller, Bueller (laughs) over and over again. No, they were saying Brewer. 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 Yeah, Um, that's your confusion. Okay. Well, either way, it is insanely boring for me and I needed to entertain myself. And that's actually how Jake and I met. Yeah, that was my first munch. 
My so, question to Jake is what brought you out to the first munch? Um, okay. So, why did I go to the first munch or before that? How yes. far back do you want to go? Okay. Yes, I think would be the appropriate answer to okay. all that. So, I was seeing a girl in college and we were living together and we'd been going out for quite some time. So just for our listeners, he was having a relationship and yep. sex with this girl. That's right. But it was not kink yet, correct? Correct. Okay. Very, very well done, Ash. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I have my moments. Yeah, thank you for staying consistent on our premise. <laughs> um, one of us has to. So we were about to have sex one time and she's like, hey, I would like to be tied up and we didn't have any rope but basically she wanted me to bind her hands behind her back and all i had was a belt so i tried to do it with a belt and it didn't which is harder than it looks it didn't go well yeah because if you've ever tried to tie somebody's hands with a belt you'll know it's really hard to tie somebody's hands with a belt because (laughs) belts aren't designed to hold hands they're designed to hold pants so it didn't go well she got snitty with me about it Mm. and so that wasn't great yeah and so i took initiative on my own and i bought some rope and i started practicing knots which as it turns out not that important for rope you might be surprised how few knots you actually need and we never ever touched it again so you learned all this yeah for basically i don't want to say nothing but yeah no nothing in regards to that relationship yeah 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 It was in vain at the time. And then shortly after that, I asked if I could spank her. Uh, And that was a really big deal for me. Because, you know, it was, you know, however many years of my life up to that point, like, don't hit girls, don't hit girls, don't hit girls. And she said that's something she'd be into. So we tried it. She enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And even with us both enjoying it and both wanting to incorporate that to be a regular thing, it still took me some time to get over that societal programming that, no, hitting girls is always bad. There's no right time to do it. Um, And it took me a long time to make peace with the fact that... uh, I I didn't have the vocabulary for it, but that's what we were trying to explain earlier with hurting, not harming. Mm -hmm. Because I'd never been taught that differentiation. I, I thought hitting someone was always harming. That there wasn't, outside of sports, there wasn't a way to hit someone without harming them. Oh, how far you've come. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, how far you've come. Just uh... for reference, Jake and I did a scene at that party that it was talking about, which was a week ago today, Yep. and I am still bruised from that scene. Yep. Uh, It was awesome. It was. It was absolutely amazing. But he he has moved on from his his, uh, trepidation of uh... hitting girls. Yeah, one, <laughs> once I kind of lost that and really made peace with the fact um, that there are girls who like to be hit in yes, certain ways are. sometimes. Yeah, it, it's it been a lot of fun since then. And we've made that journey. We've jumped those hurdles and we want to help you do the same because it really is, you know, a great way to break out of your routine and do a lot of fun stuff and meet really cool people and discover things about yourself and about people in general and what makes you happy and how to lead a more fulfilling life. And I will say as well, I'm glad you said the word fulfilling because I know for personal experience, when I got involved in this and I got really heavy involved in this a couple of years ago, my sex life with my spouse started getting better and better. Mm -hmm. It really started improving because I was being fulfilled. And my spouse, Merrick, he is kinky, but he keeps it more private. He keeps it kind of just between us 
and and that's his choice and that's okay but I need a little bit more and we have discussed that and I'm allowed I've allowed myself and we've allowed each other in the relationship to explore those things and Mm -hmm. I'm able to go be fulfilled in those other ways because I'm not trying to get something that he can't give me our sex life and our relationship has improved because I'm not seeking something that he can't really give me because if he's not as interested in it as I am and if he's not wired the same way I am how is he going to provide that it's like asking a fish to climb a tree in a certain sense it's just not going to happen so that's that's I'm glad you used fulfillment because that's yeah. that's been a huge thing for me is I feel very fulfilled in my romantic life in my kink life in my sex life there's fulfillment all around for me just I think because I've I've allowed myself to be in BDSM and kink. So I realized I didn't answer your question fully. Um, so that that was like my first ever like toe dip into kink, and you know that that's pretty minor. It was a very mm. timid spanking, uh, all things considered. Considering you left bruises on me that are still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I imagine it was fairly timid. Yeah, I don't think I even. Ever, like, I think I made her ass slightly pink, like, a couple times (laughs) Uh, on a particularly rough one. Gotcha. And for those of you that are just exploring this and this is what you're, you know, you you have had a similar experience where you spanked somebody and made their, their butt pink. We're not laughing at that because we're laughing because we've been there and we're just reminiscing about... Oh, how far we've come. Yeah, and it, it, it's so more... It, it's not intended at all to be... Um, we're not looking down on you. We've been there and we're relating to you. That's that's why I'm kind of chuckling over here. It's like when stand-up comedians tell stories about the first time they ever did stand-up. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's basically all it is. Yeah. So just so, keep that in mind if you hear us talking about the, the beginning and yeah. we're chuckling. It's not because we are laughing at anybody who is in that beginning stage it's because it's a cute fun memory for us Mm -hmm. so but we've been there too like like he's telling right now so continue you yeah we did a little bit of spanking i wanted to try rope again but since it didn't go well the first time she wasn't interested you shouldn't be afraid to fail in bdsm um you know if your tie doesn't hold someone's wrists in place despite how long they struggle the very first time you've ever tried tied someone up um you know most of the people are gonna understand that because they all tied someone up for the first time too and it's Mm -hmm. you know it it happens there are people like myself who are complete smart asses and uh in the bdsm world um we call it being a brat and that's an actual role and Mm -hmm. that's what i identify as because i'm a smart ass and i enjoy getting out of ties and i enjoy frustrating people a little Mm -hmm. bit so don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to try new things. And it's still hard for me sometimes to try new things. But I hear a lot of people say this, that they'll try everything three times. Uh, it's not my personal philosophy, but I think it's a good one. They'll try everything three times. Once just to experience it. Twice to become familiar with how it feels. Mm-hmm. And the third time is when they determine if they like it or not. We have, I mean, people that have been doing this for 20 plus years. And yeah. that's their personal philosophy is that they will try things three times. Mm-hmm. So if something doesn't go right the first time, unless, of course, it's like incredibly painful or triggering or, you know, unless it's like significantly traumatic for you. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's a lot to be said for trying something and then going, nope, I 
definitely don't like that. And there are and that's things, fine. There are things too that you automatically know that you do not want to yeah. try. Um, I have never tried medical play, but for myself, it is not something I'm ever interested in. And medical play usually involves, it, it's a little bit more like, it's a little bit more than the doctor nurse scenario. Yeah. It's a little bit more than role play. It usually involves like a speculum and doing like a examination yeah. while you're strapped down and and um, I mean, technically, like sexy nurse porn does fall into the field of medical play, but it does. that's I, that's it, it's a big field. It's a big it is, category. And it's a really common interest and fetish, and it's just not mine. And that's not something I've tried because it is a trigger for me. I've never tried needles, and. I have no interest in trying needles because I say if I'm going to have needles in my skin, I want ink left behind. Hmm. Let's see. I've never tried scat, which is uh, fecal matter, which is somebody's kink. Yep. That's... Um, I don't think... That's one I've just been like, yeah, no, not... Not interested. And I've never... Not interested in that. I've never done water sports, which is urine, um, either. And I'm not interested in trying that. But for things where you are like on the fence, where you're like, eh, I may be okay with this. I'm kind of curious about it. Give yourself permission. Give yourself permission to try it. And even if it doesn't work out the way you think it will, don't be afraid to try it again. Because yeah. there is a chance that you will like it, that you will grow to like it, that you'll grow to understand it. And if you don't want to try something, it's really important I mean, not so much at the beginning, but as you get more comfortable in kink, it's really important to ask yourself why you aren't interested or why you don't want to try. And if that's coming from inside of you or if that's coming from other people telling you what it's okay to be into or not to be into, you would be amazed where those lines are drawn and things that feel like they're coming from you might not necessarily be. I know for a lot of people that are into water sports and scat play, they are really, really ashamed of it. Yeah. Because it's not something that's looked on super favorably in the community, I think. And Well, I think it's more of a practical aspect than anything. I don't think anyone's really... You know, I don't, I don't know think... if it's a shame aspect or if it's just a practicality. Yeah, you know, just nobody wants you to poop on their floor is really, I think, what it comes down to Possibly. more than anything. But that's just the, the best example that I can think of is where the lines from outside are being drawn of what's okay and not okay. Right. Is there another example that you were thinking of oh, where well, the outside lines were kind of imposed on that? I mean, I was thinking, you know, when you think of any given kink... And you think, oh, no, I wouldn't do that. You have to ask yourself, well, why wouldn't I do that? Mm -hmm. Is it because I don't think I should do that? Or is it because nobody or everybody has told me that that's not okay to like? And if the answer is because everybody has told me that that's not okay to like that, then it warrants some further, some further, yeah, some further thought about it. You know, you don't have to go out and try anything you're not sure you'll like. Although I encourage you to try something you're unsure and curious about. But, you know, just give it some thought. Put it on the back burner. You know, this is a, the journey of kink is one of self-exploration and really being mindful and attentive of what you need. There is an incredible amount of psychology in BDSM and kink. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the reason why I find it fascinating. Essentially, BDSM and kink is about you. It's not about anybody else, even your partners. It's not about anybody else. It's about you. It's about where you want to go, 
what you want to do and how you want to know yourself better. And I will tell you, it took me having really good tops, which tops are people who are doing something to you, I guess would be the best way to put that in a scene. Mm -hmm. Tops are people that are doing something to you. So in that case, I was the bottom where I was having something done to me. It took some really good tops for me to be able to feel safe enough to explore more of what I wanted to do and more of what I wanted to experience. And so don't expect this to happen overnight because no journey of self-discovery ever does. Yeah. But you are taking a really great first step into doing some research and just kind of getting your feet wet a little bit and figuring out that, you know. Maybe some other parts too, huh? Oh, God. Jake. Yep. Yeah. But anyway, you're doing a really good job because you are investigating and you are starting that first step by listening to two incredibly goofy people discuss Mm -hmm. kink. But we do have a lot of knowledge and we do have a lot to offer. And I hope that you will keep listening and I hope that you will find this helpful and informative. Um, Ash? Mm Mm-hmm. We're really bad storytellers. I still haven't made it to the munch yet. You still haven't made it to the munch yet. Well, come to the yeah. munch, Jake. Tell okay. us how you got there. So, girlfriend and I graduated, broke up shortly thereafter. Uh, I moved to a city for work. Small town, really shitty, nothing going on. <laughs> Hated it for like a year and a half. I was really lonely, didn't have any friends, etc. Boohoo. And then I got a job offer to move back to my hometown. Uh, which I took almost uh, before the words were out of my contact's mouth. I said, yes, I'll take it. When can I go up there? So moved back to my hometown and made a promise to myself that I was going to get out and be social and meet fun people. And I'd kind of had, you know, these thoughts kind of bubbling in the back of my head that, you know, maybe, maybe I should... Look at this kink thing a little more. I bet at least I'll meet some pretty cool people. Which you did. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and so basically it was just kind of a resolution to, you know, not be like a loner anymore. Because it sucked. I would go to work and come home and sleep and repeat. And that sucked. I was highly motivated to break that cycle. And that's when I decided to go to the first munch. And I think I attended my first munch two weeks after I moved back. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was very shortly after. Wow, good for you. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm... Going to the first one, it was weird, you know? Like, you don't know anybody. You don't know, like, how much you're supposed to talk about. I kind of figured walking up to someone and being like, Hey, I'm, I'm Jake. How do you like to fuck? Was a bit too forward. Yeah, that's probably yeah. not going to go over super well. We'll we'll go over etiquette in a later episode, though. We'll talk to you about it. We'll put your mind at ease mm-hmm. in an episode to come soon. Yes. However, just briefly, if this is the push you needed, if you have done your research, if you have found a munch already that you are wanting to go to, I've got a couple pieces of pieces of advice for you. And just a point about doing your research. I mean, Google is great. I find that a lot of kink and BDSM websites tend to make things sound a little scarier and more hazardous than they actually are. Like a lot of beginners BDSM guides will be like, never, ever, ever even think about hitting a person here. If you do, 
you will rupture their kidneys and they will die immediately. Not the case. Not the case. (laughs) So a big part of doing research is talking to people who have done the kinds of things you're interested in. Your your best resource will be the people you find at that munch. Yeah, I I think so. Or people in the community. Yeah. It depends on the munch you're going to. I'm not going to lie. Not all munches are fantastic. Um, If you are in a bigger city, there will usually be three or four different mm-hmm. munches that you can go to. Yeah, I mean, and shit, we're not in a huge city. No, and we're we got not. a couple going on here. We've got like five, I think, that we yeah, can go to. At least three that I can name off the top of my head. Our greater metro um, areas, like under 300,000 mm-hmm. or sitting around there. You may have to travel to find a munch that you like, but I will say if you are interested in it, if you think this is the right path for you, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to a munch for the first time, look at... And you're already on FetLife and you've already got that um, established. Look at who the moderator of the... Oh, we, we should tell them how to find a munch on FetLife. You know, actually, before we do that, we've been recording for a while. I think we're going to take a brief break. Okay. And when we join you after the break, we will explain to you how to get to your first munch on FetLife. All right. We're back from our break. We're hydrated. Cooled off. got to turn off all the fans. We're recording. Which isn't fun. But... We do it for you, and we love you. I'm at the top floor of my apartment complex, and heat rises. So in the winter, it's great, because our heating bill is like nothing, but in the summer, it gets a little tedious. Yeah. So if you are, if you have done your research, if you're wanting to go to a munch, if you think that this is for you, if you're at that point and have just happened to find our podcast, if you're already on FetLife, this is how you find a munch. Um, you're going to log into FetLife and it takes you to the page when you first log in. And then after you've logged in, you're going to go up to events because if you're logged into FetLife, you will have set your city and state. Go to the events tab. It's at the top. It's the fourth one over and it will pop up with upcoming events. And, um, you can see everything that is near you. You can see there's a tab for what your friends have RSVP'd to on FetLife, and there's also a tab for all events. So if you click on all events, there's going to be a ton. There's going That's all the events on FetLife. So, so that's probably not super useful to you. It's really not. But if you just want to see what's out there, like if you're, going, if you're traveling somewhere, that might be cool. Yeah. But um, so that's how you can find a local munch to go to. If you are interested in going to a munch and this um, and you have made that decision, you can click on the munch page. Just click the link, the name of the munch. Click the link and it will give you um, the details of the munch. And then if you go, if you scroll down and look to the right, it will say created by. And whoever's name is under there is going to be a moderator of that munch and of that mm-hmm. group. Message the moderator. Introduce yourself. Say, hey, I'm new. I'm interested in going to this munch. Is there anything I should know? I'm nervous. It's my first time. You know how to talk to people. Just introduce yourself and put it out there that well, this I is mean, your first time. Well, I think time. they're curious about so. how to talk to people. That's why they're <laughs> Well, I mean, yes, but you've introduced yourself to somebody before. You know, part of that's just being polite, but part of that's also so that the moderator of the group can kind of look out for you yeah. and kind of kind of guide you a little bit. And, you know, they'll, if they've been 
doing that much for a while. Mm -hmm. um, they'll know the people in the group who it might be better for you to talk to. Maybe other new people. Yeah, other new maybe people. Maybe some experienced or... people. Um, in our munch that we go to, we have a role of greeters. Yeah. Which the greeters, that's their job, essentially. That's their function. And in the local community is they take new people and they yeah. kind of just... They're just nice, affable people that are easy to talk to. And they, you know, they're patient and they don't mind fielding all the questions that a new person would have. An easy way to connect with people and it's how I actually met one of my um, male partners and I do mean in the romantic sense in that case is uh, he brought games and we played Cards Against Humanity forever mm -hmm. and that's a really easy way to just kind of get yourself comfortable it gives you something to do it gives you a chance to express your sense of humor and mm -hmm. get to know people so games are like a super easy shoe-in way to get to know people. Mm -hmm. That was probably a really brief rundown on what to do if you're going to a munch, but definitely message the moderator. We will be doing a more detailed episode. Yeah, so if you feel like the piece of advice message the moderator isn't enough to get you comfortable to take that first step, and we don't blame you if it's not, then we'll, we'll be going into some more detail about that. Yeah, we will. But anyway, I think we are just about at the end of our episode so we will see you next time and next time we will be discussing terms we will be discussing a basic glossary and the roles within a bdsm community and um and mind you this is a basic glossary there is going to be stuff we won't cover there are probably going to be roles that we don't cover yeah. either this is just a basic understanding to get you through and to our experience of what yep. we know and what we experience. The episode after that will be the It's Your First Munch, What the Hell Do I Do Now episode. Yep, so that's our, our basic lineup for the next few. Uh, we do have a couple more that we have planned out at mm -hmm. the moment. We've got a lot of good stuff. We've got everything from how to handle it if your spouse is absolutely vanilla and not kinky at all, and what to do if you're wired differently than them. Mm -hmm. um, we've got that coming up. We've also got an episode that deals with mental illness and triggers and how to handle that in the BDSM community. Yep. So we've got a lot of good stuff and a lot of information to give to you guys. So I'm very glad that you decided to listen to Kinky Facts. And uh, I hope you kinky fackers have all the fun in the world. Be safe, have consent, and we will see you next time.